Come on, let's love him. And I praise you, holy God. And I worship you. Oh, thou holy God. Holy King. Come on, Lord. Touch our hearts. Join our minds, O oh, righteous Father. Let your grace minister to us, I pray. Let your peace touch our hearts. Help us and strengthen us in the great name above every name. The great name above every name. Thank God. Everybody say, praise the Lord. It is written in the Bible about a particular man and his family. It said that he and his house, they joined hard to the church. And I'm thinking tonight that uh, a question for you. I'd like to think of it. I already have the answer. But uh, are you fully engaged or are you a passive participant? And I think we would all like to believe that we are fully engaged. That the Bible does talk about, you know, half-hearted. And the Bible does talk about even a double mind, a double tongue, a double heart. And, uh, but how much better it is when we're fully engaged, when we're coming in here 100%, when we're living for God, we're trying, at least we're pressing toward that mark, right, of that 100%. We want to be fully engaged. We want to give this full power. One writer said, I truly I am full of the power of the Lord. And the Scripture did talk about being full of the Holy Ghost, and that on the day of Pentecost they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Friend, that whole house was filled with God's eternal spirit. Great presence of God blew in as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house, the Bible said, where they were sitting. My, what a marvelous thing that took place on that particular day. And it can take place in our services, and it does, and it has, and I pray that it shall continue to do so. I want to come to the house of God. I want to serve the Lord where I'm doing it with all of my heart. I want to ask God to help me to give more of my attention, more of my thinking, that I won't come and daydream or I won't allow my mind to be distracted and drifting off in, in different uh, directions, that I'm going to be fully engaged in what's going on in this service. What's the Holy Ghost doing in this service? What's happening tonight? I want to be there. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God is doing. Amen and amen. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. In English, we have what's called active and passive verbs. And when you think of an active verb, you think of run or jump or leap. Those are active verbs. They express action. I have taught you recently that uh, the word believe in the Bible is not a passive word at all, but it is an active word. Uh, there's, there's an obedience to it. There's an action to it. If, uh, if you were standing in, in harm's way, say, in the road, and a car was about to hit you and you didn't see it, uh, and I screamed at you and, and said, move out of the road. You're about to be hit by a car. If you didn't believe me, you would just stay right where you're at. But if you believe me, you would move, and you would move quickly. And Jesus has given us some things 
I'll say, to do. He has given us some words that he wants us to believe. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to be born again. He wants us to be come to church and be renewed in the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost, renewed with the Holy Ghost. He wants us to do that. He wants us to sing. He wants us to worship. These are active things. I want to get fully engaged. I don't want to be thinking about tomorrow. I don't want to be thinking about later. I don't want to be thinking about next week or next month. I want to be fully engaged right now in this service. Oh, holy God. Come on, let's lift our hearts with our hands and love him. That's action. Let's love him. Let's praise him. That's action. Let's be fully engaged. I don't want to be a passive participant. Jesus, I praise you. Lord Jesus, I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord. Thank you for your mighty power, my heavenly and holy Father. You are great, Lord, and you are mighty. Help us, O oh God, to be fully engaged, fully engaged in the work here. Come on now in the service here. My God, Jesus' name. You know, many times, uh, as pastor, senior pastor at that, uh, I will, of course, pray for the churches and the leadership, and um, many times call your names individually. And the Bible does teach that I am to give an account for you to God, and that you should act and do in a certain manner so that I don't have to, it's not a grievous thing for me to give an account that I can give God a good report. And I'm sure God would rather have a good report than he would to have one that was somewhat less than that. To be able to let God know that certain ones, as you pray for them, that they're working towards being fully engaged, that they're not uh, scanning the, con the congregation when we're supposed to be praising and worshiping, that they're not, uh, I've seen it, clipping their fingernails or balancing their checkbook or some other thing while we're in the midst of a Holy Ghost service, you know, that, that we'd be not a passive participant, not just somebody, that we're not passive, that we're not lacking in action, you know, uh, God wants us to be doers of the word. He doesn't want us to just be hearers only. When you hear it, then he wants you to do it. He wants you to step it up and to get it to be an active thing. He wants you to, to get your heart into it, to, get, to join the church with all your heart, to get into this with all your heart. And I realize using that word join, the church sometimes can be misunderstood by people because the religious world, uh, you know, they want, they'll, I've had people come and say, we'd like to join your church. Well, the only way you're going to get in God's church is for you to repent, for you to get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not by signing a piece of paper, not by shaking a hand, not by accepting Christ as your personal Savior. That's not in the Bible. But by doing what it said, by doing that's active by doing what he said. Amen.
so that a good account can be given as to what you're doing when it comes to the work of God. It is written that uh, Jesus made the statement in the days of his flesh, in his humanness. He said, wish ye not that I must, or know ye not that I must be about the Spirit's business or my Father's business. The Father is a Spirit, that I must be about his business. And that's for you and I, Luke 2.49, that's what we have to do. We have to be about our Father's business. There, there's no other thing that you're going to do in life that's going to really count or matter to God. You can become a great humanitarian. You can become a philanthropist. You can do all kinds of charity-type charity work and deeds. But remember, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not by works of philanthropy. It's not by works of charity. It's not by works of humanitarianism. Uh, go join the, the, the Red Cross or something. It's not by those things. That's not it. But it's by the washing of regeneration. What that is in subject matter, that is being repented, being baptized in Jesus' name, and being filled with the gift of the Holy. That's the born-again experience. And then he went on to say, and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, this is what saves us. This is what saves us. This is what God is looking at. This is what God has commanded. This is what God is saying. Get in this with all your heart. Get in this with all your heart. God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey Him. That's action. That's fully engaged. I'm going to obey. I'm going to start doing what He said in His Word. Amen. Amen. actively engaged to be completely or working towards I want to say where your mind you know it's been said somebody said I'm doing my best well that's a big statement to make because you know when you're doing your best you're really getting up there on the 100% type thing you know and as my old coach used to say 120% you know so you know that you're you're putting in a greater effort you're getting more fully engaged. You're uh, waking up in the morning and you're, you're praying and you're thinking about this and you're engaging your mind in this and you're uh, looking into the book, you're reading, and that you're uh, thinking about people that you could witness to and then you're not just thinking about it, but you're doing it. Uh, you're giving out tracts, invitations, talking to people. Uh, everywhere you go, it's not too difficult to strike up a conversation with people. And... Uh, to turn that conversation towards uh, the church and the truth of the Word of God. Everywhere you go, uh, there are people, believe me, that uh, it won't be 100%. There's always going to be some people out there that don't care, that uh, won't have something good to say. But don't let, your, don't let a fear get a hold of you to where you, that keeps you from speaking to anybody. That there's going to be some people that are hungry. There's going to be some people that are fearful of the things that are coming upon this planet, this planet Earth. And you want to be there to tell them you've got the answer. You've got the message if you're, if you're fully engaged in this thing. If it's on your heart and on your mind that you're not going to allow days and days and weeks and weeks to go by and you haven't witnessed to anybody. You haven't told anybody. You haven't given anybody the words of eternal life. Isn't that what the disciples told Jesus when uh, Jesus had uh, some quitters? I never read where Jesus told the 70 to leave but I read where they quit. 
You might want to keep that in mind. You know, people who leave, they're always going to say that they got kicked out. They, they've, got to, they've got to try to save face. They've got to try to look good, you know. But, but you know, the Word of God's going to bring the truth out. And, uh, and, and, and when, they, when the 70 had quit, then Jesus looked at the disciples that were left, the congregation that had dwindled down and what was left, and he said, will you also leave me? And the disciples answered and said, and where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. When you're fully engaged in eternal life, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm shooting for. This is the mark that I'm pressing for. I don't want to miss the bullseye. I want to get this thing dead center. I want to uh, spend all of eternity with Jesus. You're going to spend all of eternity somewhere. And I'm going to tell you like Moses did. He said, I set before you life and death. Or I set before you heaven and hell. Choose you this day, as Joshua said. But, but Moses added in and he made it clear. He said, choose life. Or in other words, choose eternal life. In other words, choose Jesus. Choose heaven. Choose. I'm helping you. I'm giving you a big hint. Let's get fully engaged in this thing. Let's be a part of this thing. Let's be active in this thing. Don't let yourself. Don't let yourself fall asleep at the wheel. Don't let yourself uh, just be get into a rut. And I think I started to say that maybe this morning that there's nothing wrong with a good routine. It's, it's a wonderful thing to get into a good routine. Getting in a routine to come to church is a good routine. Getting in a routine to come to prayer, whenever it is, whether it's pre-service or Monday night, which we will have tomorrow night or, or whatever it's called by the pastor to do, then that's a good thing for you to fall in consistently into that good routine. You know, there are people that don't know the value of a good routine. And I want to tell you there's a big difference between a good routine and getting into a rut. And usually getting into a rut is when you've let your mind let down, where you've become a passive participant, where you're staying in the background, where you're not really, you know, it's kind of like a, a pastor one time, brand new pastor, and he was starting a new work in a new field. And so he decided to put up a sign and he was out there uh, in the heat and he's sweating like crazy, and, it, and uh, he's digging the, the dirt, and he's trying to set the form and the wood to put this sign in. And uh, one of, the, one of the, a new person had driven up and said, hey, what you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm building and putting in a new sign. And uh, he said, oh, he said, well, you know, you're not doing that right. And you're, you're not doing that right. You should be doing that. And, you know, a little difference between getting out of the car and getting your hands dirty, and having a little sweat get on you, you know, becoming a, a, a person who's fully engaged in what's going on, or just somebody, you know, I've had people say, well, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, and they're not doing nothing. They're not doing anything. So what it becomes, it becomes a, a, a passive participation on their part. Their little contribution is to criticize. <laughs> their little contribution is to be negative. Thank God for people that know how to just jump in there and roll up their sleeves and get with it. Amen. To become fully engaged in what God is doing. Amen and amen and amen. 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 I remember when we were building in Miami and the sod trucks rolled up from here. And uh, the only thing was the forklift didn't make it for whatever reason. And uh, probably because it's such a long trip. 
And um, so it was very hot, and it was only 8 o'clock in the morning, but it was very hot already. We are talking Miami. And, uh, and I always tell people, I'm always like to be specific. I don't just tell them I live in Florida. I tell them I live in South Florida. Big difference there. I live in the beautiful part of the state. But anyway, I said uh, we were we were out there, and and uh, the the trucks had pulled up 10,000 square feet of sod on each truck. Had made 20,000 square feet of sod, and uh, we had no forklifts. And it's, it uh, it was like, what do we do now? And so what we did was we went like that, and we became the forklifts. And some of us jumped up on the trucks and begin to lift the sod and drop it down to us human forklifts. And uh, when that sod hit your arms, that muck flew. And it had a way of sticking to you because you were already sweaty. And, uh, and then you went over and began your row of laying down that sod. And you did that quickly. And uh, there's a little routine to that. Ends up with you kicking it a little bit. And then you run back to the truck and get your next forkload load of of sod and you and I remember a couple of young preachers they were about 16 17 years old they were young and they'd been in the church all their lives their fathers had been pastors and and they had driven up because we were getting ready for conference and they had driven up it was the morning of the what would have been the first night of conference and they were trying to get these last minute things done and uh, so uh, they pulled up and they came and they stood around and they Nice white shirts and you know their slacks on their loafers and they're just looking at us you know and I mean we are just beat red in the face we are sweaty uh, our shirts are turning black from the muck and uh, you know it's just everywhere and uh, what are y'all doing oh uh, we'll, we'll we're just having a barbecue you know what do you mean what am I doing Lane sod man what you think. How about that? I didn't know that phrase right then. Help a brother. <laughs> I should have known that right about then, right? But uh, I remember that they, you know, nodded their heads a little bit, made a few comments, and got back in their air-conditioned cars and drove around the other side of the church and parked and went inside and probably got them an iced tea, you know, and all of that. I'm not calling any names. I'm not hurting anybody. But I'm just telling you that, you know, I, I want to be fully engaged. I don't want to come to a service and sit around. I don't, I don't want to become a, a, a pew potato. You don't want to be labeled a pew potato, you know. You want to be, you want to be a, an active participant here. You want to assemble yourselves together. You want to be a part. You know, if you think of an assembly, an assembly or an assemblage of something like a, uh, a motor in a car, there's a whole bunch of parts, and as each one is assembled, then everything is done so that when you put the key in and turn it, that it fires up, and then you can put it in, you can fully engage the transmission, and if it does its job, then you can drive off. Isn't that nice? You can get where you need to go, hopefully church. Okay, so I'm saying to you that when we come to church, when we come to the house of God, we want to be in this with, with our heart. We want to join this if you'll let me buy with that word because it is a bible word join this church hard get yourself into it 
and say, I'm going to assemble myself. That's what the Bible said. The assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see that it's getting closer to Jesus returning. How much more to get serious, to get sober, to get plugged in. It's not a time to be looking at other things and going in other directions. Quit looking in the wrong direction at the wrong thing. It's a time to get focused. It's a time for you to sharpen up. It's a time for you to be able to assume a leadership role. How about that? It's time for you to learn that there's some things to do, and you learn them so you don't have to be told day in and day out, day in and day out, but that you've learned that these are things that we do. And you become fully engaged. Amen. Amen. Give God another big hand. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. You can be seated. When I was a younger man, I, uh, I worked at a, a store uh, in high school, among many jobs that I did, but that one in particular at that time, and it was in a what they called the Miracle Mile, where there, was, there wasn't any miracles there, but there was a whole lot of uh, stores. And uh, the one that I worked in, I remember that the president of our class also got a job there, um, probably about a couple of weeks after I had started, and, and uh, he didn't know anything about working. President of the class, smartest guy, didn't know anything. He didn't know anything about it. Everybody voted for this dude. He didn't know anything about working, though. He, he'd stand around all day. He just hands in his pocket, looking, you know, old step and fetch it, you know, not doing anything. You know, where the rest of us, you know, where if you, if there's, if you don't think there's anything to do, well, then just go over to a table and mess it up and then fix it. So at least you're staying busy. At least you are appearing that you're doing something, you know. Kick a garbage pail over and clean it up and take it where it needs to go or whatever. But, but don't stand around. Stay busy. Be, be fully engaged. Because, you know, you're hoping that they're going to pay you at the end of the week, that you're going to get, you know, uh, a paycheck here, some moolah, some money, some payola. My wife and I once witnessed to a young lady whose name was Payola. That was her name. And so we told her, we said, you know, you're probably too young to know this, but, you know, your, your name actually means money. And uh, she said, I've had people, older people, tell me that, she said. She said, I, I really didn't know that. She said, but it seems like the older clients, they, they all say that. So um, anyway, you want to get the payola at the end of the week. Yeah, and so you've got you to participate in what's going on, but not in a passive way. You've got to be active. You've got to be doing. You know, if there's a ditch to dig, then you've got to dig it, you know. And, and I remember the first time, <coughs> I won't mention any names, that we, we put a shovel in a guy's hands. And um, what's this? Oh, that's a shovel. Actually, we call that a Louisiana drag line. And uh, that's what you get the dirt out with. Oh, he learned how to use that real good around here. And uh, broom, that's not just something to fly around on, ladies. That, uh, see, I remember when we built the, the building, and there's a lot of younger people here that have grown up now, and they remember uh, when we built the building over at uh, the Rock and now building the building here. Uh, they well remember. I remember the ladies going over and bringing the brooms and the mops 
and the buckets and the squeegees and how that before the carpet went down that we had mopped, swept and mopped those floors, all that concrete, every room, the sanctuary, everything. And, and I told him, I don't want to see one speck of dirt. I want it clean. I want it mopped because then that guy's come in and they're going to put down that glue and then put down that padding and then put the carpet over that. I said, we want it to be done right and we want it to be a good job. And so we didn't, they, the girls didn't do that just once. It got to be, oh, here we go again. Because, you know, after cleaning it, then the next day there'd be work done and it'd get dirty again. And so we'd have to go back over after a couple days. And then, of course, there was getting up early in the morning. Again, no names. And I uh, remember a certain person taking the vehicle and going and getting the ice and going and getting the drinks and getting everything ready and picking everybody up and going over to do the work that needed to be done. And we remember many things that we did the human forklift, you know, unloading things because there was no forklift. And so many things that required us to do. I well remember in Miami when we had a two-story building and we had a second floor and we had blocks, big cinder blocks, you know, that you build the walls out of. And I remember that uh, we didn't have a forklift for that either. And so the blocks were left down on the ground floor. And so we brought, we brought a truck up and we hoisted the, the, the block up onto the back of the bed of the truck to somebody. And then the somebody in the back of the truck would take it and they would hoist it up to the second floor. And then there'd be somebody on the second floor that would grab that block and begin a stack of those blocks up on the second floor. Now you do, you know, uh, maybe 500 to 1,000 blocks and you'll know you worked. You'll know and you're gonna be, uh, you're definitely gonna be fully engaged because all the other guys are not gonna want you standing around picking your nose. And not gonna want you on your iPad or your iPod or your earbuds you know, going on. They're not going to want that because they're sweating and they're working. And if you're going to hang around there, they're going to make sure you work. And if you don't, then I hate to tell you, but that's what we call the booty play. You know what the booty play is? The booty play is when who's ever not working, everybody goes over and jumps on him and beats him up until he does work. Yeah, that's, that's what that is. So you don't want to get caught in that, you know. You definitely see that look in their eye. It's kind of like the guy told me he was a professional soccer player when I worked at a bank in Miami before I started preaching. And um, right in, when I came into the church, the Lord blessed me with a good job. So I got to quit the other five part-time jobs I had. And I got a full-time job at this bank. And I was working with this guy. And he was from Africa. And he told me that he was a prince. And his dad was the chief of their tribe down there. And uh, he would talk. He had a tremendous sense of humor. And he told me that, uh, he said, you know, my tribe, and he's looking at me, you know. He says, my tribe, he said, we're a, uh, he made a statement. He said, you know, human meat is very sweet. And I'm like, and what did you have for dinner last night? And uh, he said, I see you looking at me like that. I said, yeah, yeah, do you now? <laughs> he said, uh, hey, he said, don't knock it till you try it. I said, oh, man. He said, he said well, we don't believe in wasting anything. He said, I'm telling you the truth, folks. This is what he told me. He said, when you start getting old, he said, we take you. And I said, hey. He looked at me, and I said, you're going to get old one day. And he said, yeah. 
He said, but when I seen them looking at me like that, he said, I'm going to run. <laughs> and I was thinking, you can't run that fast then. <laughs> you can't run that fast then. You're down here now in your 20s and you're a Mr. Soccer player. But, but when you get up in them 70s and 80s or whatever, pal, you're not going to be able to run that fast anymore. And they're going to they're snap you up. They're going to put you in the pot. And they're going to put the barbecue sauce on you. Oh, friend, I want to tell you something. When, and I'm saying when you come around and you're not getting fully engaged, you know, there are people going to be looking at you a little bit. They're going to be looking at you a little bit. And they're going to be saying, hey, we got somebody here that's a weight. Did you ever read in your Bible where it said to lay aside every weight that even does so, and, the sin, and then sin comes hooked up with that, and does so easily surround you. And that's not what we want to surround ourselves with. We don't want to surround ourselves with weights and sin. We don't want that being, uh, what did David say, the bulls of Bashan, they beset me about. You don't want to get surrounded by spirits. You want to have the Holy Spirit. You want to have the Holy Ghost working in your life. You want to be surrounded by people who are worshiping God. You want to be surrounded by people who are talking about God. You want to be surrounded by the spiritual and the godly and the angelic. We want to assemble ourselves together remembering that there's an innumerable company of angels and they're looking at you and they're cheering you on. And over and over, as you remain standing, over and over, the Bible said for you to run this race, run this race. But you don't want to be lagging. You don't want to be dragging. You don't want to be a, a passive participant, okay? I promise you when you get to the dinner table, you're not passive. Pass me the beans. Pass me the ribs. Pass me this. Pass me that. Pass me that. And most especially, pass me the dessert, right? And uh, so you're not, you're not getting passive then, man. You're eating. You heard about the folks that were around the dinner table, and they had uh, fried chicken that night and a uh, big bowl of it. And uh, there was about 10 of them, and uh, they had been eating. And all of a sudden, they got down to one piece of chicken, and the lights went out. There was a power outage, and all the lights went out. And the next thing they heard was a blood-curdling scream. Ah! And the lights came back on. There were ten forks in one guy's hand. He tried to get that last piece of chicken when the lights went out. And uh, he wasn't passive about that, was he? He, he was very active. That's, I'm going to get that piece of chicken. Well, he got more than he thought he was going to get. I can tell you that. Amen and amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's be fully engaged. Let's be here 100%. Let's show up. Get here with your body, but get here with your heart. Bring it all, friend. Bring it all. And you'll get the Holy Ghost, and you'll get healed. If you're praying for healing, you'll get healed. Yes, because the power of the Lord to heal is present in our services. Jesus comes to church to do things. He comes to do great things, wonderful things. He's a prayer answering God. He's a prayer answering God, like Brother Weekly said. Oh, yes, he is. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and let's love him. I will praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. 